Hey, good good morning or afternoon or evening, depending on when you listen to this. And welcome back to another episode of the North and Gold podcast. With you, as always, is Benji, me, that's my name, uh, on Twitter. You can find me at Alaskutan. And I am Jake, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Mighty Alaskan Ute. Two Alaskans <laughs> talking Utah sports, hence the North and Gold. Yes. And I would say we consider each other friends, right? We're We're friends. As we much as friends, like, we were friends before we were Twitter friends, we were yeah, real so, life friends, man. So I'd real sit, life friends, I'd sit in your chair and you would play with my teeth, and then, uh, and then that, and I, you know, yeah, real yeah. life friends before Twitter, bro. He paid me for that experience too, by the way. The way you said it, it made it seem like that was a service you were doing for me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I paid you. You were wonderful. I paid you for it <laughs> multiple occasions. Uh, yeah, real life friends, and then and here's the thing: when you're a grown butt man like we are, you know, in the 30s and and beyond, uh, you, I don't really like. There's not a ton of a uh, of phone call. like this is us talking, and then what everyone else can see on Twitter. Very, we have very little communication outside of what's visible and publicly available. But that doesn't that doesn't take away from our friendship. It's just a public friendship, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you know, so, actually, now we're now we're on this topic. Give me two minutes to tell this incredible story from yeah, that happened this last week. Amazing. Okay, mm. so I've been friends on Twitter with a guy named URJ Ball. Goes by oh, Next yeah. Man Up. Goes by Next Man Up for. You know, a few years. I, I don't know exactly how long. Anyway, so mm-hmm. just on Saturday, college football's kicking off. Our man Jason Polson asks, who uh, who are you cheering for, the Buckeyes or the Penn State? For you fans, I said, hey, I serve on a mission in Columbus. I'm cheering for the Buckeyes. Then my man URJ Ball jumps in, hey, I have a friend that served in Columbus from 99 to 01, which is exactly when I served. I was like, oh, yeah, what's mm-hmm. your friend's name? He said, Tommy McNeil. I says, oh, Tommy's a good guy. I knew Tommy. He was in the mission with us. And I said, tell him, tell him Jake Johnson says hi. And then he says, hold up. Did you, were you, uh, uh, did you attend elementary school at Wasatch Elementary in the Avenues? And I was like, uh, yes, sir, I sure did. And then we went to uh, DM. And so what happened is when I was in kindergarten, first and second grade, my best friend was a guy named, well, maybe I won't use his real name. I don't know if anyone knows his real name. So <laughs> Everyone we'll call called him, him URJ Ball, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll call him, <laughs> we'll call him Christian. We'll call him Christian. Okay. My best friend was a, a guy named Christian. Uh, from uh, kindergarten, first and second grade. Then after like second grade, his family up and moved to Richfield, Utah. I remember when he left, I was so bummed because we were buddies. And so like for the last 30 years of my life, I've been wondering whatever happened to my friend Christian, you know? Like I was like, every now and then I think, I wonder what he's up to now. 30 years. Anyway, turns out this is him. This is my friend Christian. So through Twitter, we've known each other, but hadn't known that we that who each other was. So my best friend from 30 years ago, I've been talking with and chatting with and here the whole time he's been on Twitter and I've wondered where he was. And even crazier, yeah. I mean, maybe not crazier, but another even side thing is he's like, were you in Alaska? Did you know the Shepros? I was like, dude, yeah, Dave Shepro was one of my best friends. Dave Shepro trained him on his mission. Oh, no way. So all these all these weird connections, it's just, it's just what a small world. And it was really cool to connect with my friend Christian again. We'll call him Christian, my friend Christian again. And uh, just crazy, man, that I've, I've known him for you know four or five years on Twitter as next man up and then here we're yeah. all of a sudden boom we're he's my friend from 30 years ago that's awesome and the cool thing too is it happened organically because I feel like I think most of us have someone in our life like that where we're like oh man I wonder what happened to this guy that I used to kind of know from wherever but like I feel like in the first two or three or four years of Facebook it's like totally 
like everybody gets a pass to search for and find people from their past. But now it's been like like we've all had Facebook forever. It's kind of weird to just like say, hey, whatever happened to this guy, and then start randomly searching up from like long ago. Like it's it's okay to befriend people on Facebook that you just met or that you live by or that are new in your life. But like after you've been on for ten years, it's it's almost like it's kind of weird to just go searching and all that. So yeah, kind of cool it that just, it happened organically. It just like hap- that. yeah, it just happened by the fact that he knew that he had a friend that went to Columbus, Ohio, on his mission, connected that way, and then all of a sudden, boom. Do you know yeah. Jake? Do you know, it, was, it was crazy, man. So shout out to my man, my my buddy from <laughs> thirty years ago. And dude, the cool thing is that you know thirty years ago everyone changes so much, but we're both still diehard Ute fans. And yeah, honestly, I, yeah. I don't even remember if he was if we even talked about that then. You know, we just played and hung mm-hmm. out and played basketball or whatever. Um, but dude, and we're both diehard Ute fans, and, and pretty cool. He's he's a good follow too. I've been following him for a number of years. Solid guy. He's a good. I approve of him as. Is a best friend from childhood. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's awesome I'll, I'll, stuff. I'll send you a list of my other friends throughout my years, and you can approve them or disapprove. <laughs> nice. Well, I, all right, well uh, this- that was all. Uh, I was backing, prefacing this whole thing of we're friends. With, I just want to be like, how's it going? You know, how was your day? We, we we don't really talk talk that much. Yeah, you know, it was good. I just I just took my kids to Frozen Two, and uh, it was fine. I wasn't I was wasn't too blown away with it. You know, there wasn't any really iconic moments or iconic songs, but, you know. Uh, Which totally reminds me that all day in my head, even today, three days later, I've had Let It O in my head. Uh, Let It O, Let It O, because of the most cringe-worthy video put out by a college football team probably in the past three years. I can't think, like, I know my fan base has fans that come up with some really cringe-worthy songs and music videos, but this was the team. They put out their ducks singing Let It O for yeah. Oregon. Be the good duck, you always have to be. Yeah, that was that was quite, and you know, that transitions perfectly into the college football talk because they put that video out, and then that night, they totally crapped the bed against Arizona State. And yeah. totally took the air out of what could have been an incredible Pac-12 championship game with an 11-1 Utah and an 11-1 Oregon, which people would have tuned in in mass because it's on Friday oh, night. Yeah. It's the only game that night. And people would have said, look, tuned in knowing that one of these teams could have made the playoffs with the win. And uh, they totally took the air out of it, which sucks. But way to go, Oregon, yeah. your stupid video. It's and yeah, I think you're right. People would have treated that as a play-in game, as a uh, if we were to have eight teams in the playoff, this would have been two of them, kind of a thing. Yeah. But but no, the scenario changes. I don't, there's no way Oregon makes the playoff, and nope, if Utah out, no doesn't what. beat them, they don't make the Rose Bowl. Likely, yeah. I mean, it, things the uh, the pressure on Utah just got turned up. Now I'm not. Up, yep. I'm not worried. Well, I'm not worried for two reasons. One, I don't care. <laughs> but but number two, even if I did, even if I was one of like a diehard Ute fan, Utah has responded to pressure when there's been pressure. And they've been in a situation over and over and over again where it's like, okay, everything's riding on this game. Everything's riding on this game. Everything's riding on this game. So not really any different. And uh, and Oregon looked weak. They, they looked very, very beatable. Dude, that's the thing, okay, is it, it took away that option of, you know what, if we lose, we're still in the Rose Bowl because Oregon's going to the playoffs, right? The, yeah. The, I mean, we had that potential. All we got to do is make it the championship game and it's Rose Bowl or bust, right? Now we have right. to beat Oregon because if we don't, Oregon goes to the Rose Bowl and is Utah going to the Cotton Bowl at that point as a, an NY6 game or would they drop to the freaking Alamo Bowl? And I can promise you going 11-1 and into the Pac-12 title game, if you end up in the Alamo Bowl, that is a colossal 
not yeah. failure maybe, but colossal letdown. And so, yeah, that totally screwed up. But um, the thing that the thing that sucks. Oh shoot, I, I lost my train of thought. What I was going to say. It's all right. That's, I, I was thinking how how uh, blessed as a fan base you are that that's the floor. But but you're right. It wouldn't. There's no consolation in that knowing like, hey, worst case scenario, that's something that you, normally you'd say, hey, pretty decent year. But I, again, that's no consolation. That would be nothing but disappointing. It would be, and I and you know the funny thing is, I look back at our first podcast of this season, and my if you recall my expectations, I said we go ten and two, win the Pac-12 mm-hmm. title game, and go to the Rose Bowl. We're ahead of my expectations, barring a colossal letdown on Saturday this week. We'll finish yeah. eleven and one and finish in the top six or seven with literally a playoff game on the line. Because the way the scenarios break down, it's going to come down to three teams if Utah wins out, because. Assuming again, assuming LSU wins out, Ohio State and Clemson. If the three undefeated mm-hmm. stay undefeated, then it's coming down to three teams: Utah, Alabama, and Oklahoma. Those are three teams it's going to come down to. Literally, and those three teams are legitimately in the conversation. And I've seen all kinds of discussion: the pluses and minuses of, of those three teams. What will be very telling tonight is when the playoff rankings are released tonight. If Utah stays ahead of Oklahoma, because at this point, if Oklahoma didn't jump us last week when they beat an undefeated Baylor. Um, then I don't think they're going to jump us at all again because we'll we'll have um, you know they'll play Baylor again in the title game and we'll play o- o- uh, Oregon who's still will be ten and two and it'll be a good win so if they don't jump us it's down to us and Bama and dude I never in my mind in my life would have thought we'd be comparing us Bama and Oklahoma to get into a playoff right. game and have a pretty decent shot you know comparatively to get in there so yeah, it's just a yeah. crazy crazy time man. Hey, I have to ask you because the for background here, over the weekend there was a quote from Dick Saban talking about how Alabama's resume was more impressive than Utah's, and then I saw from you on Twitter that he didn't actually say that, and then I had the opportunity, I had a decision to make of try to be funny or educate myself, and I, I tried to be funny, but I, I didn't. Did they really just make up that whole quote? Yeah, whatever Twitter account was, he said Auburn's the best team we've played all year. And then he went on to say they're a great team. They got a great defense, so we got a challenge in front of us. That Twitter uh-huh. account took that quote, Auburn's the best team we played all year, and then added, oh, and Utah's never played anybody like it. But he never said it because I pulled uh. up the, the – it, 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 people said, give me proof that he said this. And they leaked mm-hmm. a Sports Illustrated article, and I pulled the article, and it says nothing in there about Utah. Yeah. Nothing. And if he would have said that, I guarantee you Sports Illustrated would have included that in their – article right oh yeah yeah for I mean, sure it went, from, yeah. it went from auburn's the best team we're playing to they got a good defense good offense blah 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 and nothing about utah and and yeah. people went back and said dude that article you linked it doesn't say anything about utah he's like read it again like being a total jerk about it and <laughs> read it again someone, but high this time and it'll yeah. say it <laughs> yeah and so anytime someone confronted about it he'd deflect and say read this thing or or are you sure about that like type of, and, and so he didn't say it so which dude if he did say that i mean knowing they didn't if he had said that it'd been a huge deal i mean that's oh, yeah, a yeah. big thing for an was- sec head coach to completely go out of his way to point out uh, a team that has nothing to do with his except yeah. that they're both in the playoff hunt and rip on their schedule like that that'd be a yeah Crazy. Was this a Utah guy or an Alabama guy that was trying to say he said that? It was just that? some random college football account. Just a random guy, huh? Yeah, it wasn't. A I fan was thinking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably jump on Twitter after this podcast and share these thoughts because this is my inspiration of the day. I've been driving around thinking, like, okay, so we live in the golden age of information, the information age, right? 
but it seems more and more apparent. You know what NPR I was listening to that got these these wheels rolling, talking about Russia and all these things. We also live in the golden age of misinformation. And it's hard to know. Like the only thing that's really changed is everybody's confidence in what they know because the people who have misinformation don't know they have misinformation. So they, they feel like they're they're that much more confident with something that's not true. And it's just it's created this this weird internet hostile place of talking about anything. It's, it's so, it's, I've, what a time, you know? It is. It's crazy. It's funny because this is a perfect example of it. Some random yeah. guy makes up a quote about it. I've seen Ute fan after Ute fan retweet it, quote tweet it, say things like, oh, he's scared. I love it. Oh, we're in his head. This is great. Oh, he's still mad about the Sugar Bowl. It did, He never even said it. You know, yeah, but yeah. people take that one, like you said, misinformation because they don't take the time to check factually. I mean, you uh-huh. can turn this into a political discussion, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's what started country. with for me was yeah. NPR. Yeah, the president of this country saying whatever he wants, and then you have the MAGA people that run with it, and the people that hate his guts that fight about it, and no, and none of it's true. You know, this it's is the, this is the it's the same thing. <laughs> Perfect time to – one of my favorite moments this season. Shout out to Sporty McSports, who – he's an acquired taste if you're a Utah fan. BYU fans just embrace him because he's awesome. He's a good troll. And Utah fans, really, once they know him, they embrace him too. People like this guy, even if they hate him on Facebook when his tweets get screenshotted and thrown on Facebook. Anyway, he throws out there – he's just always making up troll stuff. That's what he does. And he throws out that Zach Wilson, yeah, he switched his number from 11 to 1, you know, going from last year to this year. He says, yeah, he's going to keep track of his wins against Utah every year. He's going to be two next year and three after that. So I don't know if it's because his handle is Sports Outliers, which seems like – a uh, something a writer would pick as I'm the sports outliers are, but that got picked up in a legit like internet article and dude, someone an ran NBC- with it. Yeah, it was an NBC article that picked it up. Like Zach Wilson, <laughs> dude, you're right. It is you're right. It's the golden age of information and misinformation, and it's yeah. crazy because even when people are saying stuff they know is wrong, they don't even care. They just oh well, screw it. This yeah, is, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, good times. Well, yeah, let's break down. So, so that pays. We're starting with a playoff race with Oregon. Uh, obviously, you have to beat Colorado. Uh, now, there is a little bit of that legit bulletin board. Now, I say legit. I haven't actually verified any of this. But uh, well, Clay Helton said we we're uh, we got the week off, so we're just going to prepare for Oregon, right? Which is yeah. a little bit of locker room material if you're Utah. Well, I mean, Kyle Whittingham can make it big. He's what he does. He he yeah. he can. But I don't think it's a big deal at all. People asked him. You know, what are you doing mm. to stay busy? And, of course, I want my coach to have that confidence. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're still hoping we can play in the Pac-12 title game, so we're going to prepare for Oregon. Yeah. I mean, that. what would you want him to say? Oh, we're just going to take the week off, and if we get in, <laughs> then we'll start next week. You know, like, <laughs> come on. You know, so I don't think it's a big deal at all, but it wasn't You realize Disney somehow. Plus is out, right? That's what we're going to be doing. we got Disney Plus. We're going to be watching Chippendale Rescue Rangers all week. What do you <laughs> yeah, think we're going to do? Yeah, Disney Plus is awesome, isn't it? Disney it is. My kids, have been, my kids are off all week for Thanksgiving. They get the whole week off. Oh, nice! And so they've been uh-huh. on Disney Plus nonstop. Just it's yeah. a great thing. But yeah, dude, I, I'd want my coach to say the same thing. We're gonna prepare for it on the off chance we get in, you know. And hey, right? I know, I know Utah. I mean, people like to say Utah chokes in November, um, which actually, so far this November we've been dominant. And last November we overcame the curse and won the South. But there is always mm-hmm. that chance. There's a small chance that Colorado could beat us because uh, they're not total dog meat. I mean, they're playing for a bowl game, you know, so yeah. they want enough to be potentially bowl eligible. So it could be – it could – I mean, crazier things have happened, but I, I don't expect it with this team. This team is just locked and loaded and focused yeah. and just 
I don't think it's I don't think they'll win or, or I, make it a game even. I think they will for sure get each other's best shot. You know, Colorado's got nothing to lose and they got everything to gain. Uh, Utah, I guess the advantage in that motivation I would probably give to Colorado just because of that. It's their very last game if they don't win. Whereas Utah, there's a possibility that the players are chiming, like listening to the noise from the outside where they've got three or four games on their mind rather than just this one game. Now, that's uncharacteristic of the Utah team. I'm just throwing that possibility out there that maybe that motivation edge right now is with Colorado. Of this team, it's it's uncharacteristic. Obviously, in, in past years, they've they've done it. They've looked past. I remember 2016, we lost to Washington. We were both 7-1, and one, and we still mm-hmm. had the lead for the South. And Troy Williams said, oh, we'll meet them again in the title game, and we didn't. Uh-huh. We lost later. But um, this team just is different, man. And, and it all goes back to after that USC game. I, I really think that that woke them up. They had been, they'd been uh-huh. hearing the noise. We were ranked number 10, and I think that woke them up. Like, dude, we cannot take a game off because – Teams are good. And from that moment on, they have looked like the 2004 Utes and have annihilated everybody in their path. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like game over at halftime, all these. And so they're just different. They're just loaded with defensive NFL players. Literally, I've said it before, there are seven or eight defensive draft picks on this one defense. And they're all focused guys. Zach Moss came back. He could have had an NFL paycheck last year, but he came back because he wanted a conference championship. And they're just they're dialed in. They're different. So I, I expect nothing else on Saturday. I think we go into call or we go into the game in Colorado and it's a it's a three, four touchdown victory, just like the rest of them. And it'll be cool to win the South at home. Last year, we won at Colorado, and then we had to wait to, to see what happened in another game, and we won it that way. It'll be kind of cool to clinch it at home this year. Yeah, yeah, just to know right away. Utah controls their own destiny, as they love to say. As they love to say. It's almost the point now more people are uh, flip out over controlling their own destiny than actually the people that say it. It's like you, you're guaranteed to get a reaction <laughs> when you say control your own destiny. A bunch of people yes. line up to tell you that you cannot, your destiny cannot be controlled nor handled. Only well, yeah, upon the principles that's a of righteousness. Greater philosophical question here. Do you control your own destiny? Do I control my own destiny? What, what all goes into destiny? What counts as destiny? Well, according to the definition, destiny is predetermined, you know, and so okay. you cannot, quote, control it. I don't know if you have a, a, a dictionary handle handy. You could I, pull up <laughs> the actual definition, but uh, I think people get confused with controlling their outcome with controlling yes. destiny, and pe- that's what they mean when they say it. We control our outcome, our destination. We can control our destination, yeah, you know, where we're going. But I think people just kind of confuse the two, and I gotcha. don't know. It's like it's like it's like my biggest pet peeve, and one of my biggest pet peeve things is when someone says, "I could care less." You know, the saying is actually, I couldn't care less. Right, but right. It's like, I could care less. Well, if you could, then why don't you? Why don't you care less if you have that ability? You know, I couldn't care you less. You know, I, 10 years ago and earlier, like my entire life, I would love to point out when things were ironic because it's like, oh, yeah, that's a little bit ironic. And you'd say, why? And then because that's such a tricky thing that everyone gets called out on, I don't ever dare say, I, I, don't, I choose my words differently. I don't dare say anything's ironic anymore. I'm just like, uh, hey. Oh, yeah. How about that? Hey, what about this? You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Good um, times. Yeah. Uh, Football. Now I, took, now I lost my own thought. Okay, yeah. Control so, your own so destiny. Let's just kind of recap. Let's recap the youth real quick, and then we'll talk about your coach. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, they did, they did, like I said, what they've done the last seven games. They went into Arizona. And, dude, they won 35-7, but it was a bigger blowout than that. Like, we had yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
We had a stopped at the goal line at the one. We had a, a, a interception in the end zone. We got stopped on another fourth down. And it really could have been. It felt statistic wise, it literally should have been like a fifty six to nothing game. Um, yeah. But we had we had some key turnovers, key stops on fourth down that we couldn't pick up, and then our second team defense came in and gave up our shutout just like they did against Oregon State. We could have four shutouts right now, but we don't because our second TD gave up a last second touchdown. You know, right now at this point in the season. That's probably not a bad thing. Like if, for the coaching staff to be able to to point out turnovers and pick out mistakes and have film to work on, rather than just saying, "Yep, we're perfect." You know that that might be really good to say. Look, yeah, we we dominated, we beat them, but that's because they're bad. Here's a dozen things you guys need to clean up and like you know get better. Yep, I'm sure. Whit, I mean, he'll do that. He'll he'll use that as a teaching experience. He always says, "Love them up when they lose and and get on them when they win." So you can so you can get help them get better. So. I expect right. him to do that. Anyway, player of the game, I'd put uh, give it to Zach Moss. Again, he's just he's not only the the best Ute running back of all time. I mean, he's first in yards, first in touchdowns, first in carries, first in hundred yard games. Blah 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 blah. But he's starting to. Be, I, I'm. He needs to be thrown into the best Ute player period of all time, not just running backs, because he's just yeah yeah. He's flat out dominant. He he he. I was talking to my brothers. He does everything right. He's fast. Even though it doesn't look like he's blazing fast, he runs away from people. He's fast. He's physical. He's smart. He has good hands out of the black backfield to, on catches. Catches. He can block well. He's just he's like the perfect running back, and it's been an absolute joy to watch him for the last four years. And uh, I'm gonna miss him because he's he's a baller. But he's my player of the game, over 200 yards, and he's humble. On top of that, too, you listen to his interviews. He's so humble. He just he he works hard, and I hope he has a long NFL career because he deserves it. Yeah, every time I watch him play, and this is not as a BYU fan or a indifferent Ute watcher or anything like that. Just as a just as a fellow human being, and and seeing him as a brother, I I look at I watch him play, and I just think. I just really want him to stay healthy because he's got everything ahead of him. He's earned it. He's doing awesome. And it's just, I, again, if I was a Ute fan and all these other things mattered to me, I'd be like, yeah, we need him. Ball out. Give it everything you got. But just my relationship with him, I'm just like, man, just stay safe, man. Just just stay healthy. And, I'm and, the same way, though. Yeah. Yeah. That every, comes back to maybe he- why, well, why people have been uh, – Anything that's less than the playoffs, you got college athletes sitting out on their bowl game, uh, yep. bowl games because for that yep. very reason. Dude, every, every time he gets tackled, I, I look at him like, okay, is he getting up? Is he getting up? Is he, like, grabbing a knee? Like, I'm nervous every time yeah. he gets tackled because it's like, dude, he's so valuable to our offense. It's like, oh, we can't lose this guy. And and he's – I mean, he's been injured in the past. He got injured earlier this year against USC. He was injured mm-hmm. half of the last three games last year. He was injured. I mean, so he's got a, a slight history of it. But, dude, he's just – he's so valuable and so needed. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. okay. So how about your Cougs, man? I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I could not find a way <laughs> to buy to buy Flow Network. I looked. It was early in the morning. I had stuff going on. We were doing our ward day of service, and I just couldn't get around to streaming. So I'm gonna have to rely on you 100 percent for this game. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. So you wouldn't believe all this stuff that there was like a alligator on the field. I don't know. I'm just trying to. <laughs> no, uh, pretty fun scrimmage. I look at it the same way you watch a spring practice, and and that's how I would judge it too. Is you could watch a spring practice and say, yeah, that was good for them, or oh no, we're worried. And I think it was good. 
Um, for me, I'm in this weird time zone where that was an 8 a.m. start. So I had everything the night before. In fact, the night before, I'm making sure Flow Sports is working. And I like I got watching a Delaware football special to, uh, that I fell asleep to. I thought, man, Del- I'd never ever in my life heard anything about this program. And now I'm like, all right, go Delaware. This, these guys seem awesome. And I have no idea how they're doing this year. Um, yeah, so who's, I, who's I, the most famous. Who's the most famous player from Delaware? He's a that you can name. The Delaware, a Delaware the, the Del- alumnus. Yeah, the Delaware is there, Blue Hens, right? Yeah, yeah, the Blue Hens, which is a sweet mascot. You know, that's another reason to get on board. You can wear. A, yeah. People love these hats with obscure mascots. I've got a I've got a Great Lakes loon hat right here hanging sweet. above me. Um, yeah, there's, no, there's I have no quarter, idea. There's a quarterback. He's he's at the tail end of his NFL career, but he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh, Flacco? Yes, sir. Joe Flacco okay. is a Delaware Mudhen. He actually started at Pitt. He was on the bench against Utah in the Fiesta Bowl when they played Pitt. Uh, he was uh-huh. redshirting, and then he transferred to Delaware. He's a Delaware Mudhen, man. No way. I did not know that. See, this this special I watched, it was focusing on uh, on this upcoming season. So, yeah, if they pointed – and maybe for the diehard fans, they're tired of that being pointed out, just like BYU fans are tired of – Zach Wilson grew up a Utah fan, being pointed out all the time. Um, or dude, that that or Drez, for the Utes, Drez Anderson was the son of Flipper Anderson. We heard that for yep. four straight freaking yeah. years. Oh man, that's that's a trade off too. I love the national exposure, but when it's just like KSL TV playing the games for the just BYU audience, like it used to be in the glory days, they they would tell us interesting things about our team. And then when you get the national audience, I don't mind it that much when you consider that. Like when Tanner Mangum was having his like amazing miracles, two games in a row, Hail Marys. It was really cool to show the nation like just whatever, four months ago, he was in Chile. And, and like, it was, I thought that was some pretty cool stuff. Like that's kind of one of the main reasons of BYU football. But uh Anyway, yeah, Delaware. Dude, you you would be really you would be really happy about the Pac-12 title game last year then because they did a piece on Britton Covey's mission. Yeah, to I saw that. Chile. I thought that was cool. Uh, you know, they they had pictures of him proselyting and yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, cool. Yeah, good sorry, stuff. Sorry to interrupt your your story. Uh, this is what we do. We go on these <laughs> tangents. So back yeah. to Delaware Flow Sports. Eight a.m. Which I love. I love an eight a.m. start. Can you imagine? Like you just wake up on a Saturday morning, eight a.m. If the games you don't care about aren't, you just turn on the TV and like, and there you got games in front of you. And so, uh, turned on. I think I woke up at seven fifty-five. Turned on BYU, and uh, and it was fun right off the bat. They were they were doing awesome stuff. Uh, here's the. I'll tell the the part that sucked the worst. I can't remember the BYU guy's name. Uh, one of the BYU linebackers had a hit on. Like uh, UMass has one guy that's like he's got potential to play beyond. I don't know if NFL, but he may. I don't. They, maybe Canada somewhere. Got a really speedy guy, a, a great athlete, phenomenal athlete, uh, who went down awkward. Like he, it was a head-to-head hit, and and the Flow TV commentators said over and over and over again, yeah, that wasn't intentional. It wasn't dirty. But I've never in like three years seen that not be called as targeting whether the intentions were there or not and and none of us think there were any excuse me i'm drinking dr pepper and I just burped, uh any bad intentions but the BYU guy hit him really viciously in the head and the guy got taken out in an ambulance and it was just oh. it was one of these hard things to see now kalani pointed out in his halftime interview just said hey he's in our thoughts and prayers we're hoping for the best for him and then after the game and then he spoke to their other coach for like two or three minutes and so he got on tv afterwards and said i just talked to their coach this is what i learned about that guy which that was kind of cool to be able to showcase you know what we got a coach who loves 
the opponents as well as every like he's a good guy and guy. and so it was kind of a cool opportunity but but man you just hate to see that it really sucked watching that kind of a hit so that was the low light of the game and 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 hits like that it takes a lot of the energy out of the game it's like cuz everyone becomes their mortalities on display you know like that could be me i remember right. the 2011 our first year in the Pac-12 we were playing Colorado at home and if we would have won, we would have been in the Pac-12 title game in our first year. I mean, we didn't know uh-huh. at the time, but a, a couple of the games had to go our way, and they ended up going our way. We lost. Anyway, I, I believe it was Caleb Schlauteroff, one of our linemen, had to be uh-huh. taken off in an ambulance like mid-game, and it totally changed the flow of that game. We ended up losing yeah. that game because all the momentum and energy in the stadium out the window, and it I think it affected the outcome of the game because it's it's scary, right. dude. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is this is real life. This isn't just fun. And it totally changes the the feel yeah. of the game. Oh, for sure. Um, so yeah, that was that was hard to see. Uh, the good thing, BYU fans, uh, Jackson, Kenny Chesney, Kenny McChesney, Jackson McChesney. <laughs> we it, look at it going into this game. It's like, oh great, we're using linebackers as running backs again. We've got Algier converting from a linebacker position to the running back because all of our running backs are injured. Uh, he didn't do bad, you know, and you don't expect to be able to judge anything against UMass. But again, if you just look at it as a scrimmage, he was able to run really fast. He held on to the football. And so, you know what? He he maybe has a bright future. He maybe is a good safety net if we need him. I think going forward, Katoa should be healthy and Asupa might be healthy as well. So uh, who knows if we'll actually rely on him. But but I was pleased with that. I said, okay, he didn't poop the bed. He He, he had himself a decent game. So he, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was a linebacker. I just thought he was some fourth or fifth string running back. He was a linebacker, huh? I don't think he was. I think Algier was one that they converted just so they could have two available. And and he had a good game too. He had quite a few good runs. And uh, it was kind of funny seeing him putting the moves on these defensive backs where he's like running to the sideline, juking them and scoring touchdowns. It's like this dude was a linebacker like three days ago, and uh, and he's out there playing like he's got the all the Madden highlight options available to him. But uh, but yeah, it was a fun game. And then, uh, cool. you know, it was, well, at no point was I really stressed. It was super boring by the end. It's one of those games you just kind of start shopping on Amazon while you're watching or doing whatever, and and uh, cool. Yeah. And then uh, another fun thing, too, these uh, local regional uh, sports guests, they had some weird sayings. The guy kept saying, like, Zach Wilson, way to fling the pill right there. It's like, fling the pill? <laughs> I've never heard <laughs> fling the pill. So that started my thread of, like, a dozen crazy things this guy said. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny because we have – um, our own local sportscaster, he unfortunately sportscasts for the the only pro franchise in the state. David Locke has a bunch of stupid sayings too <laughs> that I can't stand. Uh-huh. Like I, 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 dude, it's either slam dunk, you slam it or you dunk it. But I was like, oh, Donovan Mitchell with the flush or something stupid. Or the flush. Donovan Mitchell <laughs> with the with the 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 cram or the crams it in. Like, dude, come on. Uh, that's another story. Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're both going into our last week. You've got you've got a actually a good game this week. Uh, you know, last yeah. week have been fairly fairly easy for you. Um, uh huh. Is it is it what it's it's at San Diego State, right? At San Diego State, it's a pick'em as far as the odds makers are concerned. Uh, you know, nobody has the advantage here because it's a home game for San Diego State. I think that would indicate then they think BYU is a slightly better team, uh, but then you get a, a few points for home field advantage. Um, and yeah, that's that's how I feel. Like, and it, it to me, it comes back to 
not being able to rely on anything going forward from BYU based on what you've seen in the past. And that has kind of been the theme of the year that just you could point to three or four games and say BYU will destroy them. And you could point to a couple of games and be like, wow, BYU is going to lose by, lose by three or four touchdowns. Now, I would like to think if I'm believing what's being said about this program, one of the uh, Ed Lamb was saying just a couple of days ago, the real change and what happened after the Toledo game was with Kalani with his leadership, with the way he runs the program, the way the offensive duties are delegated. And he's confident that this is not only fixing this season, that this is going to just be this key to success for Kalani for the rest of his career. You know, And so I, I think I like to buy into that, that somebody who's up close, has personal firsthand knowledge, is saying, yeah, we're not looking back. Something changed, it got fixed, and it's full speed ahead. And, of course, as a fan, you drink that Kool-Aid up. You say, yes, that's it. And so... Uh, Obviously, the next two games are going to tell us whether that's coach speak or whether he's putting good PR out there or whether that's legit. Now, I would like to see BYU win by two or three touchdowns. I think if they have a 14-point margin of victory, we're going to say, yeah, Ed Lamb was right, that whatever needed to be fixed is fixed, and there's no looking back, and then I would expect us to have a good showing in the bowl game as well. Uh, if not, though, you got to really <laughs> look at that and say, okay, what's actually going on? So yeah. uh, looking forward well, to it. It should be a really I'll fun game. I'll give you a nugget that will give you hope in that regard. I look right. back at the career of Kyle Whittingham in his third year. Okay, so he took over for Urban Meyer, who had this thing humming. 10-2, and 13-0, right? Or 10-2, and 12-0. Yeah. Sorry, they didn't have to. So 10-2, and 12-0, things are going great. Kyle Whittingham takes over. First year goes 7-5. and five. Yeah, pretty good. Second year goes, I think it was, um, again, 7 or 8 wins. But his third year, he opened up 1-3. and three, with a loss at UNLV, you recall uh -huh. this, uh, lost 27 to nothing at UNLV. And at that point, everyone's like, dude, he sucks. He's basically around a 500 coach. And now we're 1-3 and three with a blowout mm. loss to UNLV. But something at that point flipped a switch because he won from the rest of that season. We lost one more time. So he won eight of his last nine. And then the next year, we, we go undefeated, beat Alabama, go 13-0. It was like 22 or, or 21-1 and one from that point on. For the next two seasons, so something in him mid-season flipped a switch after a bad loss and was able to figure it out in his third year. Sataki's kind of in that same boat, man. He's in his fourth year. Um, mm -hmm. He had a, a good first year, terrible second year, okay third year, right? In middle mm -hmm. of this year, experiences a bad loss. Who knows, dude? Maybe that's his UNLV moment, you know? And he whatever change he needed to make to be successful going forward, maybe he did. So that's my ray of hope I'm offering my BYU friends that very well could be because it's happened by a coach right up the road, middle of the season. Um, so, yeah, so, that, so that, that's good yeah. for you maybe. And then as far as San Diego State, from what I've seen, I just checked out their scores. They don't really score a lot. They're always like mm -hmm. in the 15, 17, 21, 17, like very few games – in the 30s, I think two, and the rest are in like the low 20s to mid-teens. So if you can score on them, you should be able to beat them pretty easily, yeah. I would say. And and that's what I would maybe expect to happen is BYU uh, has a habit of giving up points on the opening drive. Uh, and I don't want to say bend but don't break, but this, this unconventional look defense of linebackers dropping back – it usually does allow some offensive production to everybody. If you can snap the football, you can gain yards. But you come up with turnovers, you end up, you know, ultimately it's more good than bad. And uh, and so, yeah, I would think – I expect them to, to keep them to their average and then, um, you know, just give the the offense an opportunity. And this offense is uh, potent and capable. Um, and, 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 and to the dropping eight point, you know, people are always complaining, oh, we 
not getting sacks. Well, maybe, you know, you should give your head coach the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he realizes that the way his personnel is set up is you don't have a game-changing edge rusher that can get a bunch of sacks. And so for the best for the, the best case for your success is to do that, to drop a lot in coverage, not worry about getting sacks, and just stop teams from driving, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's my, well, that's my thought. If he, had, if he had a Bradley and I or a Jan Jorgensen, I guarantee you he wouldn't be just dropping eight every time, right? Right. So, so that's right. a credit to your coach to recognizing the personnel that best, the scheme that best fits your personnel. You want to see? This is a good time to point out a uh, Peyton Peyton Williger, the freshman linebacker who can leap, and he's I think he was at least before this last week, maybe even currently, was tied in for the most uh, interceptions in the nation by a linebacker. You know, huh. and so it's it's kind of cool to see this guy we've never heard of before this season to suddenly be a national leader in that which is cool. Um, coming back, too, to the thing that changed, which I, I think is worth pointing out. Uh, the reason we were relying on Kenny Chesney, the reformed country singer-turned-freshman running back, to rack up all those yards for us is uh, Fanua. Uh, no, no, Fanua's the linebacker. Finau, Finau the um, running back that was doing awesome. He, he tore his ACL in practice, which totally sucks. Oh, no, but, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was just it was between the UMass and the um, – the Idaho State game, you know, which you look at that and you just me saying that out loud, that's what sucks is you're in between Idaho State and UMass and you lose one of these amazing guys who's have been having a killer year, uh, especially more so lately in a practice. But I, I gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad. One of the things that changed, and we pointed out this, uh, this out a few weeks ago, is after the Toledo game, then when they came back and, and started winning again and beat Boise State, the players were saying, we've been having physical practices. And that's one of the things that changed is prior to Toledo, the practices were kind of like walkthroughs and they weren't hitting each other. Now, if that's one of the things that changed that made BYU be good BYU, you have to accept that players are going to be injured during practice. And so you, you take the good with the bad going forward and you say this is the way or it's not the way. And so I hate it. You know, you don't like players getting injured and I wish he wasn't. But if it's a package deal, this is the price you have to pay to be playing good football, then so be it. This is what we're going to do going forward. And so I accept that. It's all about the wins, man. As you know, you can have the the nicest coach in the world, but if they don't win, nobody likes them. I mean, right. Gary Gary Croton was a is a nice, good man, you know, but yeah. he he just couldn't coach head coach, and so he's gone. Um, good. All right, so you got that going for it. You got you got your bowl game locked up. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll preview bowl games later since we got another week. Um, so what's your prediction for the San Diego State game then? Uh, I'm gonna say thirty five twelve. 35-12. Okay, my prediction yep. for Utah is 42-6. Two field goals is all we're giving up. Dude, i got a stat for you. At home in six games this year, we have given up a total of three touchdowns. Total at home. Wow. In six freaking games. So that's a half a touchdown a game we're giving up at home. Yeah. This defense is legit. I mean, they're literally ranked in every category in the top three. Uh, in the country, and I, I think combine them all, I think they're the best defense in the country, and yeah. they're awesome. So I think we shut them out six points, crazy, um, and uh, and we get ready for that that Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, BYU has one of those touchdowns, right? Or do they have two well, of them? Who? Well, that was that was that was on the road. So, oh, uh, you're right, you're right. So it was USC and Washington. Yeah, okay, never mind. I just yeah. I just like to be relevant. I just like to but throw myself same thing. in there. We whenever. did we did have one touchdown in that game. BYU did have one touchdown in that game. As well, so yeah. I mean, this this team, this team, dude, they don't give up touchdowns, man. Yeah, I've, I 
I've seen good U defenses. That 08 U defense was awesome. They had Paul Kruger, Stevenson Sylvester, Robert Johnson. They were awesome. But this defense is the best U defense I've ever seen. And it's it's almost comical. It's like, dude, I know when it gets to third down, I'm like, there's no freaking chance. Like Arizona, the first drive, their first drive, they had third and like a half a yard. It's like, I guarantee you they're not getting this. And dude, we right. locked them up. They didn't get it. And it was just, it's just, it's awesome to know that, dude, your offense does not have to like put up gobs of points because your defense isn't going to give up much. That's why yeah, I think yeah. we can compete with any team in the country, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, I don't care, because our defense is good enough where they won't have to put up 40 points or 30 points. It'd be, you know, a yeah. 20 in points in the high teens and 20s. So I think we could play with anybody. But, yeah, it's it's been a joy to watch. So that's my prediction, 49-6. to six. I also predict that if Zach Moss, Tyler Huntley, and Damari Simpkins, the famed Hallandale trio, if they come out of the tunnel arm-in-arm, arm, the three of them, I predict I start bawling my head off because <laughs> they have meant so much to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Final time coming out of the tunnel. Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, dude, they've, they've meant a lot. And Zach Moss tweeted it when he came back. He said, let's do the damn thing. That's been kind of our theme this year. And they're really close to doing the damn thing. They're going to win this Saturday. They should beat Oregon. And boom, Pac-12 champs. And it'll be glorious. And it'll be beautiful. And, uh, yeah. What, what games are you most paying attention to besides Utah and obviously BYU? I am a big Oklahoma State fan and a okay. big Auburn Tiger fan this week because if we can get yeah. Oklahoma and Auburn, or excuse me, Oklahoma and Alabama to lose, that's it. We're it. We're, we we win and we're in. So we need we need Alabama to lose and Oklahoma to lose. At that point, I think we're in. If the three undefeated win out, because nightmare scenario is that. Okay, Alabama and Oklahoma lose, and Utah wins the Pac-12 championship. We're twelve and one. We've got this, and then Georgia beats LSU in the SEC championship because that would be twelve and one Georgia SEC champ, guaranteed they're in. Twelve and one LSU, guaranteed they're in, and then undefeated Clemson, undefeated Ohio State, they're both in. So that that yeah. will lock yeah. lock the door for good, no matter what. If Georgia wins, so if the three undefeated LSU, Clemson, Ohio State win out, all we need is Oklahoma and Alabama to lose. Specifically, Alabama and Alabama starting a new quarterback, their backup quarterback, on the road at rival Auburn, and it's only a two-point spread, so they could easily lose that game. So that's my, yeah. my the teams yeah. I'm cheering for this week: Auburn and uh, and uh, Oklahoma State. Let's get this done. Nice. <laughs> I'm I'm really just cheering for BYU and Colorado. <laughs> I gotta be honest though, being brutally honest here, I'm not really cheering for Colorado. And this like BYU fans can mock me or whatever they want, like I don't care. The the Alex Smith year, uh my brother in law got me tickets to go watch uh to go watch BYU play at Utah, the Fiesta Bowl year. Yeah, his second year. Uh-huh. And uh and I was there in person and you know what? It was hard to cheer for BYU. I mean, like I I love BYU, love them to that, but they were like six and six, and Utah was on the verge of greatness. And at that point, we were like brothers. It was like, hey, we're Mountain West buddies. And anytime you yeah. see a Mountain West right. buddy, was, go do something amazing. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to say, hey, let's make us a little more relevant. And so it was it was hard to cheer against Utah. I, I didn't really cheer at all either way. I just kind of was like, all right, football touchdown. That's, that's how my little guy is there. He'll come running in. Go football! <laughs> yeah. You know what else? You know what else? Totally is different from the dynamic. Then is what there was no social media then, and right? That right. has ruined it because 
then you could privately cheer for Utah and not have to deal with all the idiot Ute fans who are rubbing it in your face on Twitter, right? Yeah, and it's hard. I've seen – I get the impression because of Twitter – it it polarizes more people, or people polarize people more frequently than it brings them together. But you got it. You have to make an active effort, and I highly encourage everybody to make that active effort. Because if I shut out the noise and ignore the people I've muted and blocked, who are just trying to be rabble rousers and trying to create contention, all this, and I focus on the cool people I've met from the other side of the rivalry, that makes it easier to cheer for them. And you know what? Life is better. Like you're happier. When you're like that, and so it's worth making a little bit of an effort to say let's let's ignore the idiots and, and focus on people who just we have a ton in common with, and we see as brothers and sisters, and it's easier to just say I'm going to be happy for them. Dude, you you shared a story. I'll share one too, Ben, of All you right. cheering for uh, Utah in 2004. This was my story. I remember when Ty Detmer won the Heisman. I was sitting on my couch with my family, really nervous. And when they uh-huh. announced it, and Ty Detmer said, "We got it, we won it," I jumped up and cheered because I was so happy for him. You know, yeah. my grandpa was a BYU fan. My dad's a closet; he likes both. And I remember uh-huh. being so happy for Ty Detmer that he won the Heisman. Yeah. Nowadays, with social media, I would probably <laughs> puke. If a BYU player won the Heisman, because it's yeah. like what you have to face and the crap you would deal with, and it's just it sucks. It's dude, social social media, and I'm a culprit, dude, because I've been on it for ten, uh, whatever, six years now. Nine, nine, I don't know how long, nine years, and I've you know I used to be a huge, huge smack talker. I've kind of chilled out a little bit, but dude, I'm a culprit of it, and I, social media has ruined. It's ruined some. It's ruined sports for me. Ah, I hate it. <laughs> I can see that. Here's the thing. I love it. Initially, I was drawn to Twitter for the ability to to watch the game with people and to learn things in real time, like, oh, his shoulder separated, and then five minutes later, yes. the announcer say it. Stuff like that. I would eat that up. And then and then this is actually something the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints alluded to a couple years ago in a general conference that women are concerned that their husbands have this access to their team 24-7, and they've been a little bit more absent because of that. And it's like he was totally calling me out because the first few years of Twitter, it was like, you know what? I don't have to wait for Greg Rebell to say things. I don't have to wait for this and that. I can just go on anytime I want and catch up and search things and learn things. And it's just it's like 7-Eleven. It's always there. It's always open. You can always go read things. And, uh, and for some people, I think that's a little too much. So that's initially with some of the good. I think the bad, though, I mean, it's obvious what the bad is, is that polarization. Yeah. I think, though, too, it's easier, at least for me, to look at somebody who says something really stupid and say, this could be either the dumbest BYU fan that there ever was, or this could be a Ute fan trying to do an impression of the dumbest BYU fan there ever was. And I don't really care. It, which, like uh, Isaac Aziata was quoting this morning, somebody like who made a post about like how the Utes are jealous as heck, and we can't let them win a championship too. And this, that, and it's just like, come on, man. I give that a fifty-fifty on if that's a, a Ute yeah. fan or BYU fan writing that. That's the thing. You're right with social media. There were so many bad things that came along with the good that it's it's ruined a lot of things. But even still, there, like you say, finding out stuff real time. Like when I'm at a game and someone's down on the field and gets hurt, I immediately open Twitter to see what they're saying. Did he hurt his knee? Did right. he hurt his shoulder? You know, so I can get so, without waiting. So Twitter does have a good, but it's uh, the bad sucks. But you know, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that I just can't. It's like Brokeback Mountain. I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> you know, I just can't. Did you ever see that movie? 
Never did, no. <laughs> I, I never have either, but but we all know the line. <laughs> we do. Because I remember, dude, Larry H. Miller Company made a big deal about it. Remember, they pulled it from their from their oh, theaters, which made yeah. it, gave it a ton of publicity. Right, and, uh, right. That was back, that was like 12 years ago, or 14, when the world was a little less PC and tolerant than it is now, you know? So yeah. it, was, it was a different world. But oh, uh, man, all right, man, well, anything else, anything else you want to throw in this, this all-encompassing podcast before we sign off? Just stay safe out there. Uh, on behalf of Parker Martin, who's not available yeah. to, to tell everyone to drive carefully, but uh, I've, we've been driving. I'm in an area that's cold enough they don't use salt. The salt doesn't work, and so they just throw rocks on the ice. But, man, there's a lot of ice out there. I've got really good tires. It's worth investing in good tires. Uh, but, yeah, be safe. All-wheel drive if you can afford it. Good tires if you can afford it. If not, just go be familiar with your vehicle. Do a bunch of donuts in a parking lot and like learn how your vehicle responds and just be careful out there. I like it. I like the the common sense advice this podcast offers. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody this week. We hope you uh, are are happy and have family to gather around. Enjoy a good meal. Enjoy some time with your family. And we will see you next week. Go Utes. Go Cougs. <laughs>